Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So um, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, explore tonight uh, one of the five daily reflections or remembrances, uh, which I'll get into um, in a little while. And we're going to be particularly focusing on uh, the fact that this body will die and we are not beyond death and how to work with that consciously. So uh, I invite Eve to, um, to be with us and uh, share some music. Thank you, James. Um, yeah, so I'm going to sing for you a song I wrote called Cemetery. Um, and uh, I'm going to share the screen and so you can see the lyrics and even potentially sing along to get the idea of the melody if you haven't heard it before. And I also want to say, um, after James gives his talk, I have one more surprise song that I'm happy to be sharing with you. Okay, but right now... Oops. Okay. Walking in the cemetery, it's so beautiful there in the spring. Buttercups are blooming every place, and the grass is thick and green. I appreciate the company of the dead. I heard it was Don Juan who said, Keep death upon your shoulder, it will remind you to sitting quiet with my heart a thought welled up in me one day what if someone drops a bomb have i said all i must say no my heart cried out to me it really must be said i love you 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 I like walking in the cemetery It's so beautiful there in the summer I throw a frisbee with a friend And we look at the sky in wonder I appreciate the company of the dead I think it was Don Juan who said Keep death upon your shoulder It will remind you to love Complacent ice, hard and cold, protection from the fear. But like the sun that melts, the thought that helps is that soon none of us will be here. Am I ready for the time when the one I take for granted is dying? Remembering, I hold a friend and whisper thanks for this moment we're sharing. I like 
walking in the cemetery so beautiful there in the fall the changing leaves fall from the trees like they do from us all i appreciate the company of the dead went and read the page where don juan said keep death upon your shoulder struggling to be happy I hope you'll find it in you to forgive me and as far as I'm concerned when I reflect upon the ending all will be forgiven the strongest feeling is love I love walking in the cemetery so beautiful there in the winter the cold contented tombstones sing praise of friends and strangers i appreciate the company of the dead i thank mr don juan who said keep death upon your shoulder it will remind you to cold contented tombstones reminding me to love thanks eve before you put yourself on mute i'm just uh want to let people know what album is that on uh eve has a number of really great albums and uh oh thanks that is on the album called simple truth and um if you wanna you can hear that song and all my music on like apple music and spotify but if you'd like to see the whole albums or buy the music it's at my website um evedecker.com yeah <clears throat> well the song kind of said it all uh, but i'll say a bit more anyway um yeah i was thinking this is um easter coming up tomorrow is good friday and then easter a, a holiday about uh death and resurrection uh, passover is this weekend as well it's pretty high weekend um and that also is um is a holiday a jewish holiday where a central theme is is death and passing over the angel of death passing over houses that um that the hebrews um gave a signal um and so it's celebrated as well and in uh buddhist philosophy um, death is uh, is not seen as an enemy as something to be avoided but really as um, as a welcoming practice to just as Eve was singing in the song to remind us 
of love to remind us of the preciousness of this time we have on the planet. The Buddha was such a radical, you know, he starts out his teachings, the first noble truth, they're suffering. He's, he's not one to sugarcoat reality. He's saying, let's take a look at reality, really make friends with reality, even embrace reality. So we're not so afraid of it. And we start to allow for things to be the way they are. Of course, things are the way they are, but whether we allow and accept and open to it with a, uh, a wise, compassionate, um, fearless heart, or we protect ourselves from the truth, that choice is ours. And he says, go for the truth. When you go for the truth and can meet it with clarity and wisdom and courage and love, there's liberation on the other side. And when we try to hide or deny or um, avoid, uh, we spend our life not only running away from the truth, but cutting ourselves off from opening fully in our aliveness. As you probably know, the, the Buddha was motivated to go on his quest after living in the palace as a the ultimate privileged um, prince by seeing an old person, a sick person, a corpse, and opening to the truth for the very first time in a way that he'd never been for, before had done and realizing this is unavoidable even for him as privileged as he as he was and then seeing that fourth messenger the first three are the the three messengers old age sickness and death and then seeing a fourth messenger of uh, a monastic an ascetic who had renounced the world and was looking for the deepest kind of happiness, not dependent on conditions, and was so inspired that um, he left the palace and went on his quest and became enlightened. Uh, fortunately for all of us, shared what he what he saw. So the heavenly messengers are what motivated him to wake up. I was fortunate enough to be part of a a program, Heavenly Messenger program through Spirit Rock that um, I co-led with Frank Ostaseski and Sharda Rogel and um, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm blocking out her name. Um, anyway, it was a wonderful program um, where we explored for two years deeply, intensively those first three messengers in the context of of awakening is really a powerful thing to do.
there's something so energizing and enriching when you can can go deeply especially with with friends with in community and dharma friends and just see oh what is my relationship to all of those how can i work with them as a as a practice as an ongoing real practice i also did a um a process that perhaps some of you have done uh, based on Stephen Levine's book. He wrote a book many years ago called A Year to Live. And about 20 years ago now, Jane and I um, were part of a group led by uh, Bonnie O'Brien Johnson, um, a Year to Live group. And there are Year to Live groups. I think uh, Vinnie Ferraro and, and others um, lead Year to Live groups where you uh, take it as a practice, just imagining you have one year left to live. And the start date, the anniversary of the start date is the expiration date, so to speak. And you celebrate going through this year, what would you do if you had a year to live? I just ask you, just imagine if you found that you had a, a, a diagnosis that said you have a year to live, how would you respond to that? What would your, um, your relationship to that reality be? You would probably find, as we did, that you really want to put your house in order. You really want to take care of things so that you don't have any regrets when you've gone. You really want to tell all the people in your life who are meaningful to you that you love them. And you practice what it would be like to say goodbye to everything near and dear to you and leave a legacy of love and kindness. It was a wonderful experience. At the end, you give away, you have a, a secret uh, buddy in the, in the group. We, there were about uh, a dozen of us or so, and you give something that you really cherish to a friend in that act of letting go. I was just uh, showing a friend who was staying here from out of town. Uh, it, it came up in a conversation that my I had a I have a laughing Buddha, a beautiful carved Buddha um, of the, the laughing Hotai uh, laughing Buddha that was given to me by Patricia Ellsberg, who was in that group. And it was her prized possession. And it was so moving and touching. And of course, I think of her every time I see it. But imagine that just giving away your possessions and, and seeing, oh, you can't take it with you, as they say. <clears throat> this is, I want to focus tonight particularly on that, on that um, heavenly messenger of death, since it is uh, Easter and Passover, and it's kind of coming up for me um, these days. This is the Buddha saying, 
of all the footprints, that of the elephant is supreme. Similarly, of all mindfulness meditations, the meditation on death is supreme. He says, if you want to really go for it, don't think that death is happening somewhere out there in the future. Any moment can be your last breath. And in this, uh, in, in one uh, discourse, he's talking with his, with his uh, monks and uh, nuns and, and saying, let me ask you, um, how often do you think one should contemplate one's death? And somebody says, sir, I think it should be contemplated uh, at least once a week. And the Buddha says, no, 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 no. Somebody else, sir, I think most days it should be contemplated. No, 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 no. Every day, still not quite enough. Getting there, but not quite. Somebody else, every hour, getting closer, but no cigar. And he says, one should contemplate this, or one should keep it in one's consciousness every breath. Now that's a lot to keep in mind. You want to be able to carry on and have and function and have conversations and also, you know, we have to be realistic about this. But what he's pointing to is that seeing every moment as potentially your last moment, it makes everything come alive. This is not done as a morbid kind of a practice or to depress you or scare you. It's not thinking, oh, well, death is out there. I'd better keep on thinking and uh, about it. It's not, oh, let's appreciate this moment right now. This could be my last moment. Why not be here for it? Let's be here for it. <clears throat> in, uh, in the practice, uh, in uh, Tibetan practice, there, there are called four mind changers that if you really take to heart, will, real, will motivate you tremendously to practice. One is reflecting on the preciousness of being born in a human birth, which is an extraordinary privilege of all the, the living beings on this planet to be born human is quite extraordinary. Don't waste your time, the teaching says. And there's a reflection on karma, on cause and effect, that what we do makes a difference and is leading to either greater suffering or greater happiness. And then there's a uh, a third mind changer, what's called the defects of samsara, where one sees that mm, getting all your desires satisfied 
is really um, not only an illusion, but a trick that keeps you lost in acquiring instead of appreciating what's here right now, the defects of samsara, and to see that there's something deeper, a deeper kind of happiness. And then the fourth mind changer is continual reflection on impermanence and death, that that can turn you towards the Dharma. And death is not a, a topic that we like to hang out with a whole lot from at least most of us. But in, uh, in Hinduism, if you know anything about Hinduism, there are three gods that one worships. Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. And they're all on equal footing. And there are many uh, Shivites, worshipers of Shiva, who's there with a, a trident and a um, and 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 doing the dance with his with his arms and legs uh, in a dancing the dance of Shiva the dance of life, Shiva the destroyer is to be worshipped, because that is what allows for continual transformation. Can you imagine if if things didn't end? If everything that was born on this world continued to survive, there wouldn't be room for anything, just more and more and more and more and more. You know, thank goodness it's this master recycling mystery that the natural way of things is coming and going and coming and going. I'll read a little bit of the uh, Upajatana Sutta of the Buddhas on his contemplation on death, which is where the the five uh, the five reflections and remembrances come. He says, "This is in the Anguttara Nikaya. There are these five facts which one should reflect on often, lay or ordained, whatever gender. Which five? I'm subject to aging. I have not gone beyond aging. This is the first fact one should reflect on. I am subject to illness. I have not gone beyond illness. I am subject to death. I have not gone beyond death. I will grow different, separated from all that is dear and appealing to me. And I am the owner of my actions, heir to my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions, and have my actions as my arbiter. Whatever I do for good or for evil, to that I will fall heir. And then he goes into reasons for each of these. And I'll just read the one about death. He says, now, based on what line of reasoning should one often reflect that I am subject to death, have not gone beyond death. He says, there are beings who are intoxicated with 
the usual person's intoxication with life. Because of that intoxication with life, that clinging to life, they conduct themselves in unskillful ways in speech, in body, in speech and mind. But when they often reflect on that fact, that person's intoxication with life will either be entirely abandoned or grow weaker, and one's actions will be much more skillful in body, speech, and mind. <clears throat> Why should we think about death? Well, the more we can open up to it, the more we can overcome fear that we might have around it. And it changes the way we live and our attitude towards life. And it also develops an ability to approach and face our death in the most skillful way. I don't know if you've ever been, probably many of you have been with somebody at their last moments. If you've been with somebody as they're, as they're dying, just a show of hands. Uh, almost everyone, yes, then you know what a sacred, mysterious moment that is. I've been at a number of people's um, passing, and it it always is such an honor and so meaningful. I'll share with you a couple uh, of my own experiences where I learned a lot about being there for someone. Mm -hmm. One was um, a friend of ours named Barbara, Barbara Reese, um, who uh, she practiced, studied with me and also with Jane as well, my wife, and a very wonderful woman who did so much in the world um, we didn't even know all the amazing things that she did until near the end of her life. And there's a whole bio of how she made a difference in, uh, in the Bay Area. And she worked through a UC system and social work and doing a lot of wonderful things. Anyway, near the end, she wanted to speak. It was a couple of days before where she said that she'd like uh, she'd like us to come. It was the day before she died, actually, that she wanted uh, wanted us to come, and she could still speak at that time, barely, but she could. But she spoke, and uh, then over the night, we we heard about it late late at night, um, and the next day, uh, we uh, we contacted the people who reached out to us, and it turned out she was having a really hard time with her. Um, with her process. She had had a very tough night and she was struggling and uh, very uh, unsettled, disoriented, and um, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. And sh they asked her, she couldn't say anything, but they asked, would you like, I, I called and I said, do you, do you still want us to come? And uh, they asked Barbara, would you like James and Jane to come? And she nodded her head. Right? And by the time we came, um, 
she was still struggling, um, barely conscious, but still conscious. And I just decided, I said, hi, we're here, Barbara. I'd like to do some chanting first. Um, and I chanted uh, the refuges, the three refuges, and Namo Tassa, and then uh, Budang Sarananga Chami. And then I chanted the, the, the chant on impermanence, Anijavata Sankara. All things are impermanent. They have the nature to arise and pass away. One who lives in harmony with this truth knows the highest happiness. And I just chanted that for a while. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was like magic. And she just started to settle down and then became peaceful. And then Jane and I just said to her, this is something I often say to people at their deathbed, especially if it's really true and I know them, Barbara, you have led a beautiful life. You've done your life really well. And now it's, you can go knowing you've done what you needed to do and you can go in peace and I just kept on saying, you've done your life so well, Barbara. And within about 10 minutes of us saying that, she passed. It was kind of, yeah, it was so mysterious and moving. And she just needed somebody who understood to remind her of what was inside. So that was one story. And a second story uh, is of my, my mom who passed away, it was in 2013, at the age of 94. And she felt really complete with her life. Um, she was ready to go. And I was teaching, I was teaching actually a climate, uh, no, it was a, an international Buddhist conference uh, at Spirit Rock, and it was a morning, the first morning was on climate. Uh, and um, and I, uh, my sister had called um, the late night before and saying, mom is, it's getting near, uh, you should get here. And that morning, Early in the morning, I called just before this presentation and and I said, put mom on the phone. And my sister said, uh, she can hardly uh, speak. She's very, very weak. So um, so don't expect, you know, any kind of response. I said, that's fine. I said, just put her on the phone, put her on speaker. And I said, mom. I'm here. I'm coming down in a few hours. I was gonna, I was catching a plane right after this this thing. I'm coming down in a few hours. I know it's really hard for you to talk, so don't exert yourself at all. And she barely gets out the words. Now you tell me. Yeah. She always had a great sense of humor. Now you tell me. Don't exert yourself at all, Mom. Now you tell me. Those were, those were the, the last words that she actually, um, that I heard her say clearly. I got on a plane, got there, 
she was still uh, around and I was there with my sister and my son, Tony and her caretaker. And um, she had been, they gave her a fair amount of morphine. So she was kind of out of it by the time we got there. And we were just stroking her and holding her and I, we were talking to her. And I was saying, mom, you did such a, a beautiful job with your life. And at one point, she opened her eyes and looked around. And all of a sudden, it was like the life force came to her. And we all said, Mom, uh, I love you. Grandma, I love you. I love you, Mom. And she mouthed the words that we all knew what she was saying. She couldn't actually get words out. But she said, she mouthed, I love you too. And then she went. It was amazing. And that often happens that just before the, the life force leaves, there's like a coming together. In Tibetan, there's this whole practice called poa practice, where your, your life force comes together and then you, um, and then it exits your body. Okay. So um, what I want to do is a little bit of uh, practice with you. I'm not going to take you through a, a death practice, but I will read to you um, a passage that I read, uh, that I read to people uh, from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And then I'd like us to contemplate our own passing. And just so take this, you read this to somebody on their, on their deathbed and supposedly for the next 49 days while they're in the bardo state uh, until they take another birth. So just imagine, you can close your eyes and just imagine having lived a very full life, just the life that you're supposed to live and being reminded of this, somebody whispering to your ear to remember this. Remember the clear light, the pure, clear, white light from which everything in the universe comes, to which everything in the universe returns, the original nature of your own mind, the natural state of the universe unmanifest. Let go into the clear light. Trust it. Merge with it. It is your own true nature. It is home. The visions you may experience exist within your consciousness. The forms they take are determined by your past attachments or desires or fears, your past karma. These visions have no reality outside your own consciousness. No matter how frightening some of them may seem, they cannot hurt you. 
just watch them pass through your consciousness. They will all pass in time. If you become involved with these visions, you may have to wander for a long time, confused. No need to be attracted to the beautiful ones or repulsed by the frightening ones. No need to be attached to them at all. Just let them pass through your consciousness like clouds passing through an empty sky. Fundamentally, they have no more reality than this. Remember these teachings. Remember the clear light, the pure, bright, shining white light of your own true nature. It is deathless. No matter where or how far you wander, the light is only a split second, a half breath away. It is never too late to recognize the clear light. Trust it. Merge with it. It is your own true nature. It is home. And as you stay inside, just imagine letting go gracefully into the mystery, into the unknown, into home, going home. And then letting go of the future or the past. And now coming into this moment, which has never been here before, which will never be here again. Waking up to this one moment of your life the only moment there is. So you might just play around with that and practice that I have, like I said, I've practiced many, many times just rehearsing my death. Um, I'd like to think that I'll be ready for it. One never knows, but the more you practice it, the more you can envision opening to it in a, in a wise, inspiring, open-hearted way of complete surrendering and trust. So I think I'll, I'll stop here for now and just see if anything comes up. From that, we can open up to a conversation. You can 
unmute yourself, raise your hand. Charlie. Yes. Hi, Eve. Hi, James. Thank oh, you, James. Hi. Hi. Um, just by the way, I remember you said one time a, a while back what day of the year that your dad passed away. And it was the same day of the year that my dad passed away. He passed away in 2002. But anyways, I just wanted to mention that in, in passing. Mm -hmm. um, my mom, my mom left the planet. She graduated in September, this past September. Mm. Uh, and um, the only other thing I wanted to mention that comes to mind, and I'm done then, is something like at the end of the day, we're all just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> That, Thank you, James. That, Thank you, that's yeah, that's it. That's uh, yeah. It's it's a great it's a great line uh, and title of a book from uh, from Ramdas. Just walking each other home. That's what we're here for. Thanks, Charlie. Anyone else? Here, I'm going to put in. Here's the five reflections. Uh, if you like, you can you can copy them. And what I would suggest is um, this is how you might practice with them. When you meditate, say them to yourself. And with each one, just pause for about 30 seconds and really let that reality sink in. I'll be talking next week about uh, about some of the other reflections, but I wanted to start off with, with the big one, uh, tonight. Um, so, uh, take it on as a practice this week. Okay. Anything else before we near the end? Yeah, Eve. Hi. Well, I was feeling as you were sharing about um, just a thing that just happened to me. I, I had a friendly acquaintance and, that I'm in community with my age who went to the hospital in the beginning of March with a pain in her back and was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And she died last week. So it was a really short time from mm. diagnosis to dying. Mm. And um, I enjoyed her. We'd never gotten really close, but we'd had some good laughs together in community. And so I went to the hospital to sing for her. And um, and the second time she, um, she, she brought me close to her and she said that she loved me. And I knew it was true. I knew what she was saying was true. And I was thinking about what you were saying about, you know, that when we're, you know, when we really boil down to few, few, very little time left and what matters, like suddenly love becomes so 
preeminent, so necessary to express. And what's so helpful about that is uh, the reminder of death is uh, that thing Joseph Goldstein says about anything can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. And just to keep death, like you were saying, the Buddha says in every breath, so that those expressions of love get shared more frequently because they're right there, but they're, you know, social norms or whatever, and they're not expressed. And, and they're, they're so important. So it's just mm. that. Thank you. Yeah. That's what uh, Jack often uh, says, you know, at, at, when the end comes, the big question uh, to ask yourself is, did I love well? Yeah. Yeah. Don't hold back. Why keep it to yourself? Thank you. Anyone else? Rose? Yeah, James, can you say something about, I guess, like how to, the practicality of balancing living with that awareness, but also like, I don't know, when you were talking about how would you live if you had one year left, I was like, well, I would quit my job and I would, you know, <laughs> go do all these other things, but like, I don't know practically you have to do certain things and participate in the world too mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's a big question I, I wish i could give you the uh the easy answer but it's something to really reflect on um sometimes it's fear that holds us back from really getting in touch with what will make us come most alive and of course you want to be practical but you but not to um, let go of a vision that speaks to you because you're too practical um, there's with all of this there's no one right answer. There's a balance, though, and just seeing, am I, am I feeling alive right now? Do I want to do what I'm doing for the next 30 years? You know, and if the answer is, yeah, that'll be pretty fulfilling, then great. If it's, oh, is this how I want to spend my whole life? Then you might get in touch with what really lets your heart sing and even to have a vision to start allowing for that to come and on its own timetable if you're open to um the thing about the the contemplation on death is like i said it cuts through fearless through fear and not to let fear run run the show and to see if having the courage to get in touch with what really will um, will help you come alive, then that might give you uh, some direction. So you just listen to the truth inside. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Well, it's almost time. 
Oh, and Eve, yeah, I remember you wanted to. Yeah, so um, everybody, tomorrow is James's 75th birthday. <laughs> so I thought it would be really fun if you feel willing to unmute yourself. And I know what happens when we sing unmuted, it's crazy. <laughs> but if you would anyway, and we'll just give James a crazy happy birthday song with all of us singing and all our different things. <clears throat> So James, if you don't mind just receiving our love, speaking of love, <laughs> deeply loved, and um, in the form of the happy birthday song. Okay, everybody, are you unmuted? Yep. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear James. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you and many more. Yay! God, God, God. We love you Thanks so much, Thank Eve. Hello, everyone. Uh, well, I'll uh, may I have <laughs> at least. At least one more year to live, uh, but if it's tomorrow, okay. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm I'm in a pretty good place. It so good. Thank you so much, and thanks for Thank for you. being here with Thank us. You. And uh, yeah, just let our let our time here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you, James. Share your love. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Oh, Thank you, James. Well. Hello. How sweet of you, Eve. How sweet of you, Eve. Thank you, Eve. Good night. Thanks. Eve, stay on if you can for a moment. Just want to say hi. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Good to see you, James. Good to see you, Larry. Yeah. Hey, Butch. Thank you, James. Take good care, Larry. <clears throat> okay, oh. those. So I want to stay on with. Oh, I'm going to close this for a moment here. I'll stop the recording. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/slash/donate.